Welcome into another edition of New Track Record. Caleb Hatch, Justin Kinney. The 2024 IndyCar schedule is out. We'll break it down on this episode. A lot to get to with all of that. NASCAR back on the oval at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Uh, they will have the Brickyard 400 return for the 30-year anniversary. It's 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 confusing, right? Because isn't it like the 31st running or something? Yeah, it's kind of weird, isn't it? Because like you have to count the first year, which was 94. Right. Yeah, kind of odd. But, uh, but hey, we'll, you know, whatever. We'll, we'll get to a little bit of that as well. But first off, hi, Justin. Hello, how are you? Doing well, doing well. A busy week of IndyCar news. We knew the schedule would be out this week. This is not a surprise. What was a surprise was the back and forth with Texas. So what we do have on the schedule, we have Milwaukee back, which again, if you listen to the podcast, you knew that like six months ago at, at this point. Um, so Milwaukee is back. It will be a double header, which is interesting. Um, so we have multiple night races. Iowa uh, will be one of them, right? Is that is that correct? Uh-huh. And one then, of the Iowa races. Yes. The, the Saturday night Iowa race, I would presume. Uh, we also have a night race at Gateway once again which is good. That should help that event. Uh-huh. I, w- I would think have a lot more success. Uh, Milwaukee, as I mentioned, a double header on Labor Day weekend in the season at Nashville, as we know, the Indy 500, May 26th, uh, thermal March 24th, no Texas. And then Laguna Seca slotting in June 23rd, changing the date for that. So you have multiple gaps and we knew we'd have the Olympic gap Toronto, July 21st, which happens to be the same date as the Brickyard 400. Uh, Toronto on Peacock, and then you don't race again until August 17th at Gateway. Again, this is known, not a big deal. It's due to the Olympics. It's just the reality of having NBC and and their properties as a TV partner. The thing that's disappointing is you go from March 24th with a non-points event at Thermal to April 21st at Long Beach, nearly a month gap there. So... They couldn't fill that gap. They tried to slot in Texas on April 7th. Now, the NASCAR schedule not out, but almost sounds like that's the date that NASCAR wanted, and NASCAR going from two races to one at Texas, and that's what they're getting. It sounds very a lot of layers to this Texas thing. Based on what I understand and reading things and reading between lines and all that stuff is obviously the priority is SMI and NASCAR. But that's what you expect. Yeah. Right. The, the TV money, the money that NASCAR provides is for sure. Essentially for one race is the same that IndyCar gets. We think for an entire, entire season, entire season, which is crazy. It's just but absolutely that's, crazy. That's how it is. But IndyCar tried to throw a couple dates at SMI. SMI tried to throw. I, from what I understand, from what I heard or read in the mailbag, it sounds like at least how I understand it is SMI and NASCAR offered IndyCar to be part of their weekend, but IndyCar elected not to because it would have to house its entire paddock outside the facility because it is a combined trucks Xfinity Cup weekend. Now, when IndyCar would even run in that weekend, who knows? But it sounds like initially I said, Thought well, NASCAR has no interest of running with IndyCar, but it sounds like they at least said, "Hey, you could run with us, but you can't be inside the track." In which IndyCar then said no. Yeah, so Marshall Pro had some interesting insights in this week's Racer.com mailbag. 
he, he opened one of the, the questions saying with his response, it wasn't NASCAR's fault. The track, according to my sources, was the central point of negotiations. It goes on to say what you're talking about. The dates being offered just didn't work or didn't match the rest of IndyCar's Olympics affected schedule. First offer was to join the NASCAR weekend. The IndyCar would have been paddocked outside the facility since trucks Xfinity Cup are there together next year. The next pitch was to run the week after NASCAR. Obviously, the, the track didn't want to do its two biggest events on back-to-back weekends. As a final Hail Mary, IndyCar asked about running in September, but like the first two attempts, I'm told the third wasn't successful, so here we are. I called the track to get their take, but didn't hear back. And, and Nathan Brown and the NASCAR also pointing out that they they explored the idea of, of a date in September, but they were pigeonholed because you knew Nashville was September 15th and that was the finale. So the only open slot was September 8th or 7th, I guess if you were to run a night race. Um, but the only open slot one, it's so hot then. So a night race right. would actually be ideal. And the other problem is you would have five straight race weekends, including a, a trip on the, let's see the, the West coast. Right. So like, yeah, you're going from, You'd have Gateway, then Portland, then back to Milwaukee, then back to Texas, then to Nashville. Five straight race weekends is something that IndyCar simply does not do. So the the travel schedule is perhaps just too grueling. And it's unfortunate that that was the only weekend that would fit in because they probably could have made that work. But I mean, temperature wise, brutal. You're talking about upper 90s. At the le- at least. In the, in the Metroplex. And... And again, unless you're running at night, that's Still your only hot hope. At night, though, and then too. even then, though, you got to remember, so they're on central time, so you'd want to run at 8 central, but IndyCar would obviously want their TV window to start no later than 8 eastern, so you have that aspect to think about. So it just, it wasn't feasible from a, uh, just a logistical sense. I get that the date was, in theory, available, Yeah, but you can't do that to your crews and your teams. Like that's just, that's too grueling of a stretch to close the season. I would say if everybody that's been complaining about no Texas actually went to the race, there'd be double the fans there. Yeah. It would go from 10 to 20,000. Yes. I'm amazed that people are, I don't like Texas not being on the schedule. I don't like the fact that there's no high speed, super speedway on the schedule. The, the Indianapolis motor speedway, in my opinion, is not a super speedway in the traditional sense of the word. But there's only two places traditionally on the schedule of late where you're like, you're astounded by the fact that IndyCar races there. Indianapolis yeah, and Texas. Yeah, because the speeds at yes. Indy and the speeds at Texas because it's yes. high banks. Yes, the high banks, the speed and all that stuff. Like those are truly astounding tracks to go to where you're like, wow. And you don't have one of those now. And I know people are out there will throw out tracks and stuff. It takes two to tango, folks. Homestead doesn't want IndyCar. Phoenix already tried it and tried it again. It doesn't work. Texas is not going to bend over backwards for IndyCar because it's not a huge, lucrative moneymaker to them. And I think, quite frankly, IndyCar's lucky that it's lasted this long at Texas because we expected it to be gone a couple years ago after the contract ran out. The hope of the expectation is that it's just a one-year hiatus, but you never know. But this is this is where you're at with IndyCar right now is if nobody's showing up or enough people are showing up for super speedways, then they fall off the schedule. And this is kind of where you're at now. 
And the problem is, as you mentioned, there's only one super speedway on the schedule. And, and Marshall Pruitt pointed out that uh, his statistician friend Scott Richards said first schedule since 1964 with only one oval over a mile and a half in length. That's a problem. It is a definite problem. And it almost takes away the excitement of adding Milwaukee a little bit. But if Texas is back on the schedule for 2025, then it's a mere hiccup. Yes. But you never know. Yeah, that that's the ultimate question. If it's back, we suffered through this year off without yeah, it. And, it and not having an oval before the Indy 500, which again is very important to IndyCar. Um, Penske's made it a point of, of wanting an oval before the Indy 500 to have it as a, a kind of a, a proving ground for rookies coming into the series. That's not happening this year on the schedule. So that's a bit of a disappointment. Um, he said a couple years ago, you know, how important it is for any car to run at Texas saying it'll make the Indy 500 that much better because if we don't have fast racing on ovals prior to the 500, you just don't have the ability to practice your car at that kind of speed. Now, rookies and in, in coming into the series still testing at Texas, right? We're, we're seeing that still. So that's not going away, but it's one thing to test. It's another to right. race. I mean, they test at Sebring and don't race yeah. there. So that doesn't mean anything. And I, I think, unfortunately we're in a position for next season. I know Iowa has been two races for a couple of years now, but now you're having a double header at Milwaukee. You're getting into that situation where you're having double headers to make sure you have 17 races, which is not ideal. And going from, we'll get to it in a, in a little bit, going from zero to two Milwaukee races on Labor Day weekend, I just don't know how that's going to work. Seems to me like you're just dividing the fan base for one race into two races, which I guess if they show up, then that's fine, but it's just, uh, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to work. Now, we don't have the start times out, and obviously Milwaukee can't be a night race. They don't have lights. Right. That was temporary in the past when they did that with Champ Car. Uh, at a time like 20 years ago now, which is crazy to think about. But you you look at the schedule. So no Texas, that's a negative. Obviously, a positive is having Milwaukee back and having a doubleheader. People better show up. Yes, people have to show up for it to matter. Um, the Really, the biggest thing, and Marshall Pro has a great calm on it, but really the, the biggest thing to be concerned about, because you do, look, thermal, that's cool that they were at it. I get that people are mad about I don't get the it. limited attendance. We like to be mad at everything sometimes, but yeah. we're not mad at yeah. thermal. I, this to me is you created essentially an all-star race finally, and you, yeah. you have with big been money on network involved. TV with big money involved. I can't complain. No. Like I simply cannot complain. It's a cool looking venue. I hope it races well. It's a unique opportunity for the series. Obviously, it's a way, as as we've talked about, to hobnob with big wig sponsors and executives and people with money and influence and power right. yeah that can help grow and your those sport. are opportunities few and far between for indycar it's this is a formula one where every event you're having a list celebrities and politicians all over the place but i think the real cause for concern is you're going from uh as far as network races 13 to 9 13 to well 10 when you include thermal yeah well first off um we are we've we've said it before but that we're surprised that they even had 13 races on network yes so we've said it before i don't know if we said it on the podcast 
or off air, but it looks like the first step to me towards less and less races on big NBC and then CW swooping in and saying, Hey, we'll put all your races on CW. We're coast to coast nationwide. Here's $40 million. It just kind of seems like that's the direction it's going. It it does to me. And it, it seems like we could go back to a package where, you know, whoever gets the 500 has a select amount of races. So if you're NBC, you'd probably, obviously you want the Indy 500. You probably want the road course race before it. You probably want the season opener. And maybe and the race one after. One other, yeah, maybe the race after, you know, something along that line. And then CW run the rest. You look at this schedule, and again, I, I feel like it's, it's so mixed because for every positive you can come up with a negative. That's just kind of the reality. Yeah. You have tracks moving around Laguna Seca to June from being the end of the season. You know, how will that impact attendance? Portland moves back. A weekend, which doesn't seem like much, but when people are set on, oh, this race is always this weekend, when you move it, yeah, that can impact things greatly. Now, could that open things up for better attendance? Perhaps, because it's not on a holiday weekend, but then you look at Milwaukee, and I get people are throwing out, you know, Wisconsin has a home football game in, in Madison yeah. on August 31st. I'm not worried about that because they're playing Western Michigan. Like, I'm not concerned. Yeah, you can't. We we talked about this too. You can't be afraid of every little thing that's going on regionally, because there are very few open weekends, particularly in the summer, where there's yes. just absolutely nothing going on. Well, okay. and any cars the benefit that the Milwaukee Brewers are on the road that weekend, and obviously the NFL and, and the Green Bay Packers and Chicago Bears, which you're pulling fans to both those teams from the Milwaukee market in that area, uh, are. Haven't started not, yeah, not yeah. not in action. Season yet. hasn't started yet. So th- th- that's ultimately what I take away from it. The biggest thing is to me, it's not about other sporting events for Milwaukee. It's the fact that it's a holiday weekend. Midwesterners go to the lake. That's like their last lake weekend for a lot of people, or spending time at the pool, what have you. It's just hard. And I will say this: I didn't think Mid Ohio would be as successful as it has since moving to the weekend around July fourth. And I feel like the crowds just keep getting bigger and bigger every year. So well, they then found Road something America, that works. Right? Road America is what weekend? Isn't it a holiday weekend? Uh, no, it's June 9th. June 9th, okay. So, but it's been around Father's Day uh, yeah. several times. Here's my thing, though. How important is Milwaukee to you? Because everybody wanted Milwaukee back on the schedule. Is it, is it important enough to go there on Labor Day weekend? If, if Milwaukee means as much as what people were clamoring for... It to return, then yeah, you should be at Milwaukee Labor Day weekend. I know people have lake houses and go to the lake and blah blah blah, but how important is Milwaukee to you? Because as you said, Mid Ohio makes it work over a, a holiday weekend. So, how important is Milwaukee to you? Are you going to show up on Labor Day or are you not going to show up on Labor Day? And that'd be indicative of, you know what, maybe the event just isn't worth it if people aren't going to show up. So you got what you wanted, people. You better show up. Yeah, that's that's I mean, the biggest like, thing to me. Now it's, uh, oh, I go to the lake and all this stuff. I come, I'm not going to go. Well, then it must not have meant very much to you because now it's back and you're not going. And, and so. back to Milwaukee and kind of the the TV aspect. You have one race on Peacock on Saturday, whatever. Saturday races don't draw well regardless. That's just reality. Right. And then the other race on USA it's not just that there are fewer races on network NBC in 2024. It's that the end of the season, 
you have the second Iowa race on NBC. Then the week later, Toronto on Peacock. Then you have the Olympic break. You have Gateway, August 17th on USA. Portland, August 25th on USA. Milwaukee, race one on Peacock. Milwaukee, race two, September 1st on USA. Noticing a trend here. Yep. Uh, Streets in Nashville, September 15th is the only race after the Olympics on NBC. And that's just as concerning. Yes, correct. And this is why we've been saying that people are just taking the schedule for granted. This past season schedule in terms of broadcast television was perfect. What was the first seven races on NBC? Something like that. Your last, however many were on NBC. And in the middle, you had USA and one Peacock race, which also now mean two Peacock races as opposed to one. You took it for granted that you had this great schedule and you still were only able to show 2% growth this past year. Now, we're the first ones to say up is up. I get it. But now there's no way that IndyCar is going to have a more higher rated season on television than this past year. There's no way. You have, what, four, three less network races? Yeah. Double your Peacock races. Double your Peacock races. And then obviously the the three network races then moved over to USA. So So I, I know there's some people disgruntled about it, but you had a sweetheart deal with NBC that sensible people knew wasn't going to last because you were showing growth, but I don't think you were showing growth the at the level that NBC was looking for. And now you're going to start lo- losing some of those days. I will be very surprised if the 2025 schedule is back to 13, 14 races on network. I really will. Unless, because... Again, they'll have a, a TV rights come up uh, after next season, so it could be a new TV partner in 2025. And look, we've talked about this at length. CW is expanding their sports offerings. They went from Live Golf, which everyone laughed at, and they got terrible ratings, and some of the affiliates dropped it. Completely fair. Yep. But they've expanded. They they've added. Um, they went from Live Golf, then they added 100 Days to Indy, which I think did well, at least from a digital perspective, maybe not ratings wise on TV. Um, then they have added inside the NFL, the a program they've added ACC sports. They're airing ACC football games every week. Added They're Xfinity. airing ACC uh, men's and women's basketball games this winter, which is, Rules. I mean, a pretty big deal. And then as you mentioned, the Xfinity TV deal is the one that really, really opens your eyes. If they're yes. willing to spend that kind of money on Xfinity, I'm not saying they're going to spend that amount on IndyCar, but it leads you to believe there could be some interest as they're trying to continue to bolster their live sports offerings. And they paid stupid money yes, for Xfinity. They did. Okay. And Xfinity is, is is comparable to IndyCar. Let's be I know people like to compare Cup and IndyCar. It's not comparable, in my opinion, based on ratings. What's comparable is Xfinity and IndyCar. And Xfinity got paid by the CW to broadcast their their series next year. How much is it? $115 million a year. A worth year. Reportedly. Now, here's That's the thing. Six times as much as what IndyCar is making. 33 races. So all on first time ever for Xfinity series or whatever name, you know, all it's the been races in the past. being on, on, uh, on broadcast TV over the air television. Plus they'll have additional content on CW's digital platforms. I mean, this is a, a huge deal for Xfinity and also for CW to have the rights to something they can, you know, get some ratings and, and grow. 
Like this is a growth opportunity because it's consistent. 33 races. I mean, that's consistent television totally. week to week. And that's the, the thing that NASCAR provides is stability as far as yeah. having events throughout, not just summer, but also fall, also winter. Yep. Just because of Daytona starting in February. And that's what, what CW is pushing for is to have something all year round in terms of its, of its sporting options. And People will scoff and say, "What? What's C- Everybody knows what the CW is, but why CW? Blah blah blah. But that is stupid money. And if you can get on a network where all your races are on, you're not trying to figure out what's USA. Oh my gosh, I got to get Peacock because even a couple of weeks ago when Notre Dame was on Peacock, and I hear about it from my parents who live in like a senior living community and. Even then, people couldn't figure out what Peacock was. Now, they're older demographics. I get it. But at the same time... You also have an older fan base for India. You also have an older fan base. Correct. So if you were able to say, hey, CW, every race is on, I'm telling you, we're going to keep pushing this over the next year because I just feel like it becomes a greater, greater odds that this is going to happen. Maybe they don't get every race. Maybe NBC protects four or five races or something. But I think... I really think that this series is headed towards the CW at some point and it would be a cash infusion. And that's a big thing. So if next year the ratings go down and the series is like, Oh crap, we need a, an infusion of cash because we are having less ratings. CW is ready to pay that. Well, think about IndyCar 2008 to 2009. So in 2008, they had races on ABC, ESPN and ESPN two in 2009. That's when they signed that 10 year versus deal that at the time looked like a backbreaker for Oof. the series, but the money was good, right? And right. the ratings kept climbing and then it became NBC Sports Network. And then toward the end, it was like, wow, this is doing better than we would have guessed. Yeah. Um, Xfinity has the, the, the benefit of also having um, practice and qualifying on the air each week. I mean, it's nuts. Like you couldn't ask for a better deal if you're Xfinity. If no. IndyCar can get something half as good as that for their next TV package. That would be excellent. If they were getting paid $60 million from the CW for their races, it would be huge for IndyCar. Maybe the maybe the viewership would go down, but that's three times as much money as what you're making right now. Yeah, and, and that's and that's really the biggest takeaway is that the, this TV rights will be, I think, the key off-season storyline if we, if we get anything coming out on that. Yeah. And obviously through next season, as far as what they do for the next TV package... And you can bet they're listening. And the fact that Mark Miles has mentioned CW without even being prompted in interviews, I think it was with Bruce Martin, I want to say, yeah, that I think interview, so. makes me think that they've talked to the CW already about interest. But this is all coming back around to, to next year's schedule, and you're seeing a decline of those NBC races. And I think it's it was inevitable that that was going to happen. I have a hard time thinking it's going to go back up in 2025 if IndyCar does indeed stay on NBC. So that will be kind of the thing to watch. I think moving forward as IndyCar negotiates for 2025 and beyond, you know, we're, we're not quite at a point where you can just go all streaming, right? That's too big of a risk. No, 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 no. And you don't have enough of a base to pull that off. Now it's helped MLS with their Apple TV plus deal that, Lionel Messi comes over and joins well, the league. Th- that's so why they've I been think. able I think to, Messi's had the bigger impact. He's than, he's helped them make their benchmarks to to get you know those extra kickbacks with with the deal with Apple TV. So yeah. that worked out in their favor. 
Um, so IndyCar what you're saying doesn't is, have that. Well, I was going to say, so IndyCar just needs to get Max Verstappen over to <laughs> or, IndyCar. Or to Lewis that, Hamilton yeah, or whatever. have that same impact. I just, I don't think no, that's don't a, see that a realistic plan. Right. No. Well, maybe Max just gets bored winning championships and races all the time. I don't think he's that bored. Not yet, anyway. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think so. So, overall, I, I mean, the, the biggest takeaway for me, though, still... If you're focused on the positives, is that Milwaukee's back. If you're focused on the negative, I still think it's the TV package over losing Texas. I would agree. I think it's something that people aren't giving enough attention to. Marshall Pruitt wrote a, wrote a great article about it. I, I don't think it's altogether surprising, but I do think that's the that's the bigger issue than losing Texas, particularly if it's just a one-year hiatus with Texas. I don't like it. Do you think what are you gonna do? it's a one-year hiatus? I don't. I'm almost in denial with myself. That I don't I, think it is. I don't want it to be just a one-year hiatus. I don't either, but I'm I don't think I'm just telling it is. myself it's only a one-year hiatus. <laughs> but if it came out tomorrow and said they were done at Texas, I wouldn't be surprised. That's what I expect to happen, only because that's how these things go. You, 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 yeah. You're out of the way once. Well, look at it's Richmond. It's a lot harder. Look at Richmond. That was all but set to be on the schedule at some point. The pandemic comes out and it comes about, and then afterwards... You never hear about Richmond again. Yeah, crickets. Yes. So if you're gone a year, a year's a long time. If Texas look at it, looks at its bottom line after not having IndyCar and say, wow, we made more money this year because we didn't lose money on the Texas race. Or we didn't, uh, we may still made about the same amount for calendar year, or fiscal year 2024 as we did 2023. So we don't need IndyCar. Uh, who knows? That could be, that could definitely be a thing. And you know what? In the end, IndyCar fans only have themselves to blame. Because not enough people are going to races. I saw an article that Indy 44 posted on Twitter talking about Texas. And it was essentially, I think it's from the Fort Worth Star Telegram saying, uh, is the land at Texas Motor Speedway worth more than the track? And that would not mm. shock me. Nope. That area has been built up so much yeah, it used to the be last in the middle decade. Of industrial nowhere. Really even the last the five, six years. Um, and... This is what happens to tracks. And I mean, now they lost same, their second. Same thing day. happened at Ontario Motor Speedway. Right. Same thing essentially is happening at Chicagoland. And same thing is Kentucky. Yeah, Fontana, basically. Yeah. Well, I don't know about Kentucky. It's in the middle of nowhere. But. Well, they were parking a bunch of when. Trucks. Uh, GM trucks there. Yeah. Like the latest Google map has just a bunch of trucks sitting in. That's been the case the track. for several years now. Yeah. So not not good. I don't think racing is. Returning there anytime soon. No, nah, I don't think so. Make for a good uh, good obstacle course. But that's the thing to watch is, is could Texas be gone, gone, or the hiatus be longer? So that's a look at some of the, the highlights of the schedule. Some other notes on Milwaukee. Dave Coleman, who, who covers uh, auto racing for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, had some, some interesting insights as well uh, as far as how that event will work. Um, basically, they're going to have better access as far as Penske. So the this Wisconsin State Fair board is still technically the promoter, if you will, but Penske will have access to the Expo Center. That helps sponsors. They'll have a different approach operations-wise. Um said no answer on a, a scoreboard or video board multi-year deal they're looking for a hy type partner obviously they don't have that 
Also, they hope for Texas in 2025. We've heard that. The idea was Penske's as far as bringing this event back and no ticket price point just yet. That's the other thing is you you got to make it so people yeah, want to go. You can't be pricing yourself out of it just because you think, oh, Milwaukee's back. People are going to come. You better make it affordable for folks. So you, you look at this and it's a great schedule map. Uh, NASCAR man underscore RR posted this, just where the races are located. And obviously no Texas now. Still no races on the Northeast. It's it's a pretty glaring omission when you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Uh, what nine races? Ten races, all in the Midwest. I mean, not I counting get that, Nashville now, are you? Yeah, I'm that's not. The Upper I'm South. Not. I'm not. But we we've known that it's a midwestern based ten, series. 10 races i forgot one of the milwaukee races it's a midwestern based series and i know looking at that map people will say oh indycar needs to be here 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 okay find a track find a city that wants to host indycar meanwhile we still don't have an answer on argentina now discussions still ongoing that is kind of the the current plan um, but they are still discussing that could be added for 2024. Obviously, you would expect to be a non-points paying event. It would be IndyCar's first race outside North America since Sao Paulo in 2013. Uh, but discussions still underway. Obviously, it just comes down to, to finalizing everything. Mark Miles saying uh, that not a week goes by, including this week, where they don't have ongoing conversations, try to work out details of the race there in the fall of 2024. Not done yet. Making progress. They're very interested in, um, obviously, impact of inflation. He's, he's mentioned before in Argentina playing a role as one of the challenges in, in getting that contract finalized. It was interesting that it wasn't on the schedule reveal. But as, as you mentioned, the Motorsport article kind of saying it's still possible. I don't know. Like the further longer you go without it, being added to the schedule, the less likely it's going to be put on there. I would agree. That's how these things work. As I mentioned with Texas, out of sight, out of mind, right? That's why mm-hmm. I don't feel confident in it coming back. We yeah. shall see. I though. think eventually they get to Argentina, but could could can they figure out all the logistical and financial and technical hurdles in time for 2024? I don't know. It's not looking good right now. No, no, it is not. Uh, we have more to get to in news and notes. But first, if you agree or disagree with us on the 2024 IndyCar schedule, our takes, please let us know. You can find us at NewTrackRecordPodcast.com. While you're there, sign up for the email list. It is free. You won't miss an episode, any special announcements. Also, t-shirts, stickers for sale on the website. On social media, IndyCar Podcast on Twitter slash X and Instagram. On Facebook, just search for New Track Record. And you can support us via Patreon, patreon.com slash new track record. Thanks to Xavier, Rob, and others for their support. You can start to just $1 a month. And as always, you can download us for free on your favorite podcasting platform, Apple, Spotify, Google, which Google Podcasts apparently going away, what is it, next year? Oh, really? I guess. Um, but you can listen to us on Google for now. Don't have an Apple product, get Spotify. Yeah, if you have an Apple product, you don't need Spotify, or you can do either one. But that's how you listen to us. Again, download each and every week 
for free. Mailbag mm. time, and and obviously we have a ton, yes, to get to because of the schedule and and everything that's come down in the last week and change. So, uh, first off, uh, I posted this. So, Aaron McLaren tr- working on their partnership; they're getting closer. Obviously, the team that keeps getting thrown out there is Hunkos. Uh, I said they should partner with Roth Racing. Uh, Hickey93 said, I learned the other day that Scott Dixon's dad spotted for Jay Howard in 2008. So the more you really? know. Yeah. Mm. I thought that was interesting. Uh, okay. Someone else said, uh, Daniel SEM2004 said, Panther Racing and KVR. <laughs> yep. So we're just bringing up old team names. It's always a fun game. It is. Uh, also, Marcus Erickson, this is from Daguerre, said the Prince and the King of Sweden. So, uh, Marcus Erickson pictured uh, with one of the, I guess, the Prince from Sweden. Oh, and also really? The, the King. So, and then there's a, a separate article um, that I was sent. I'm not sure if that was from him or from someone else. Uh, that was basically a translate, you know, a Google Translate article right. uh, talking about. Erickson and there was basically the the route of him actually staying at Andretti. It was more realistic. Staying at Ganassi? Or, yeah, sorry. Staying at Ganassi more realistic mm. than you would have guessed. Um, so Google Translate Machine as we translate to English. Mm-hmm. What do we got? Better be good. Um, well, I can't log in. You have to like <laughs> sign in, of course. So um, but it was uh, basically uh, Daguerre saying, use Google Translate and you'll have an interesting read. If Ganassi played his cards differently, Erickson would still be with the team. Mm. I think they're fine with Dixon and Pelot. Yeah, I, I think so too. And I think Andretti's fine with Erickson. Like, yeah, it's they, they, still, still they, a massive needed the, uh, they needed the upgrade, yes. <laughs> All right. So now plenty on schedules for 2024. And let's just dive right in. So, thoughts on the schedule. Uh, Mom, 2X over 2002. I mean, if they needed another road course, could they have at least tried for Coda? I think you replied, uh, if Coda had a desire to host IndyCar, IndyCar would be there. She also says, bad move for no TMS, as in Texas, not enough ovals. Olympic coverage was a poor excuse, and it couldn't be a night race, because why? Didn't need to be in the summer. Texas is miserable in the summer. I know. I live here. Give me a spring day race or a summer night race. I mean, yeah, that's what they're trying. They for. were trying to do, but they just couldn't come couldn't up with figure it, it out. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy from HBD with a, a positive take. No schedule is perfect. This one isn't terrible. Hope there is another deal on Peacock this fall. Here's the thing. Peacock's a year round thing for me now with college football and really? college basketball with big 10 coming this I winter. Just, uh, I just canceled my Peacock. <laughs> Go figure. I did. Now we have way too many at the house uh, way too many streaming services so we we share with my wife's family where you know we have one and someone else has another and back and forth so we have access which is becoming more difficult and is going to continue to become more difficult with uh, like netflix is is you can't do that although i can't do it on our through our fire stick but i can do it still on the ipad that's weird. weird yeah like i don't know that they but anyway um yeah i got rid of the peacock um, for now, I'll get it back when IndyCar starts back up in March. But I, I know people is a sticking point with the gap in March and April. But I'm like kind of used to it by now, aren't you? Yeah. The other thing like, it's is frustrating, but you have the NCAA tournament during part yeah, of that time. It's just kind of 
Uh, it's it would annoying. be nice if they could figure it out, though. Yes, it's it's sure it's annoying, but it's expected at this point. I don't know why people are still getting a rise out of it because it's just it, yeah, you're just going to have a massive gap. At least we have thermal now. True, and that's something to look forward to. That's new. Here's the thing: I want a new slash return of an old race every year, right? And I want stability with without the rest. losing. Yeah, that that's the that's, that's the problem. Is that you is always inevitably have one fall off. Poet Shevchenko echoing that. The loss of Texas hurts. Two-week break between the two first televised IndyCar events is okay, but three weeks after is not so good, but not catastrophic. I wish TMS was there to fill the gap. Daguerre says seven of the eight last races are street or oval races. That's an imbalance that is just weird. Interesting uh, thing to point out. Yeah, because for a, a series that has had a dearth of ovals, now all of a sudden they're all grouped together. Yeah, you have... All short ovals in Indy, but you do have six <laughs> oval races. You do. I mean, that, that's a bot. You have more oval races, the most well, in quite some time. Now, in 2024, are they not going to be allowed to talk about the four different disciplines that you need to be good at? Street course racing, road course racing, short ovals, and super speedways? I mean, I, mean, there's, I guess... There's still one super speedway. I guess Indy is a super speedway, yeah. but... Indy is its own you, you can say You can say... Uh, short ovals, road courses, street course racing, and a super speedway. Yeah. Not yeah. super speedways. <laughs> Jamin T14, gateway and night race is good. Going from zero to two at Milwaukee seems weird. Still large gap early part of the year. NK Harden, this March through April month-long gap just won't go away. Amazing how hard it's been for Indy to fill that. It's about what I had expected for the last few months, though, aside from the late news about Texas being dropped. Indy Nathan said, Iowa won at night as well. Likes likes that. Uh, one, Bodacher, meh. I was happy about Milwaukee. But I had to pick one. I'd rather have Texas, frankly. Run to underscore mark underscore run says, Long Beach on cable. Nah. Nick J. Fletcher, Milwaukee being on Peacock only in USA seems to be troublesome to me. Karen's with a Z, one. I don't get the doubleheader in Milwaukee. Went to State Fair Park for years for the single race and attendance was low. What am I missing? The IndyCar wants to pull off a double header there. Well, it helps. That it's a holiday weekend. That's how you make yeah, well, it. Well, it's based on need because they want 17 races yeah. and they looked at somebody who would be willing to do it. I'm surprised they didn't do it at gateway. Maybe gateway just didn't want it. And that was the talk. R- right? Remember mm-hmm. the talk, the rumor was gateway yeah. could be a double header. Instead, yeah. it's Milwaukee to try to boost a new event. Jay Blasteri says really disappointed and frustrated in the schedule and lack of regional coverage. Three Wisconsin, two Iowa, three California, including Thermal, one Oregon, zero Texas, zero Northeast. This time we were going from attending six races to one, the Indy 500, losing faith in Penske Entertainment fast. Here's the thing. Would you, I I don't know the answer to this question. Everybody may have a different opinion. Would you rather have a second race at Milwaukee or have a second Indy road course race? Second race in Milwaukee. And I don't, I don't okay. think anyone's going to. Then why are we complaining? Yeah. So that's effectively what it's replacing. Uh, Poet Shevchenko also adding, I like their turn of night races. Any cars just look right under the lights. And the fact that they'll have not one, but two gateway in, in Iowa, right? Yeah. That's what we expect. Yeah. I just, if, if Texas was on the schedule, I like it at night too. Yeah. I, there's just something about, how fast they go at Texas under the lights. That's pretty cool. Melvin right. Mack 0818 just said, where's Texas? Te- and my, my response is Texas would be still be on the schedule. If more people went there, if it was more prop profitable to Texas motor speedway, they would make a better effort to try to find a home for it. 
It just doesn't make enough money. A uh, couple other thoughts on the schedule. So you, you posted, you know, where's Argentina on the schedule and Anna pal DM 10. Where's Mexico? Yeah. It'd be great if they went to Mexico. Uh, Tudor. And he said in South America, you are correct. Thank you. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Thought that we was have a winner. Pretty funny now, as well. Indycar social media may want to know where. Yeah, we'll get to Argentina that. Argentina and Brazil is. <laughs> we'll get that to that uh, later on. Oof. Is that a tweet of the week? Um, no, okay. it, it will no. be under news. All right. Okay. It's a news cool. item. It's a news item. Uh, BK Hickey says, would you want to be reading Twitter today if there are only 16 races? LOL. However, I don't necessarily disagree with you as far as the, the two races at Milwaukee aspect. I'm not complaining about that. I'm just saying it's kind of weird going from zero to two. Ben Smith for real says, got no problem with two races at Milwaukee. And as for Texas, Mark Dismore used to tell me how physically stressful TMS was for Indy cars. And that's why it needs to be on the schedule. Uh, it is yeah. a bastard of a track. Yeah. It's entertaining. It's great. It is entertaining. I am relieved when it's over, when there's nothing serious that happens. Seriously, that is one race that I love to watch on delay or after it's over, because if there is something that's catastrophic, I don't want to watch it live. Um, but I love Texas at the same time, which is, it, it, figure that one out. It's the daredevil aspect. It is. And we and don't, that used to be Indy, but it's become Texas because it's just a, a different race. And Indy right. is and it, still it, dangerous. It's still don't dangerous. Get me wrong, yeah. But Texas is just not as speed. Like, it's just nuts. And, and yeah, with, with the banking, it's just, it's crazy. Uh, Jeff Cerneski sent us a video that um, breaking on Fox News, the Milwaukee Mile. So that made Fox News. However, national news, national yeah. Fox News. Yeah. Uh, Thompson 409 said, are there going to be any shots in Milwaukee? Which is a great thing to point out when you watch the clip. They have no more shots. There are no Milwaukee. shots of actually of the Milwaukee Mile. The race there. There's the racing, race shots. but there's not race shots at Milwaukee. Yeah. They show Texas. They show St. Pete's. Uh, they they show Milwaukee at the like very beginning, but they're showing other tracks as far as the footage, which is <laughs> can't be that hard to dig up. Fascinating, Milwaukee right? Milwaukee coverage, IndyCar <laughs> coverage, whatever. Um, more thoughts on the schedule. I posted this poll. Biggest takeaway: Milwaukee back nearly twenty six percent. Texas gone nearly thirty five percent. Night races return nearly nine percent. Less races on NBC nearally thirty one percent. So that te- should be high. Yeah. Your- uh, I realize how big that is. Big D Cart said, thank goodness that the Texas death bowl is off the schedule Too high risk, too low attendance. I mean, the attendance has dropped off. So it, I, I will say he's that. got a point with the attendance, but there is something about the daredevil aspect of it. That's intriguing to me. Jay Blaster. He said significant lack of regional coverage in the U S no races in the state of Texas and Southwest, no races in the Northeast, lots of fans, sponsors and potential sponsors in these regions. Huge miss, but you need tracks and cities that want to host races yeah it's not indycar's fault that they're not racing in the northeast it's not indycar's fault that they're not racing in other regions of the country there's just nobody that wants to host a race and you can't expect penske entertainment to 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 market and and promote every single race on the schedule uh mom 2x over 2002 a couple more thoughts on texas until Texas Motor Speedway and IndyCar can get their heads together on actually marketing the TMS race correctly in Texas, because we have a lot of dirt tracks, etc. It's never going to be a sellout race. Again, Spanish commercials with Pato in the Rio Grande Valley, Austin, San Antonio area, uh, era, era, area 
easy for me to say. And that was like essentially had become his home race. Uh-huh. And he brought a lot of fans there the last couple of years. So that's something that like he just marketed through his own site yeah. and social media. Yep. So that's I mean, something that's gone, which is unfortunate. The, the, the attendance was trending in the right direction, but it's not like it was big. Let's be real, especially at the cavernous mm-hmm. Texas Motor Speedway that still has what, like 80,000 seats yeah, probably. or something like that. I mean, and, and they don't really use the backstretch anymore. Yeah. But like you said, there are a lot of seats and a lot of those seats aren't used. Just watch the and NASCAR had, race. Well, and what was there? 60,000 at the cup race. Uh, that seems generous, 50? but it's so cat. Like it looks, it looks not full. It looks like not a lot of people. It's, it's, it's like racing at the speedway. Well, uh, any other race outside of the 500 it looks yeah. like nobody's there. Meanwhile, to wrap up the mailbag, we got an email, new track record podcast at gmail.com is how you reach us on there. Uh, this from Ron from North Carolina. Hey fellas, thanks for your contribution to the IndyCar community. You do a great job keeping us informed. Even if Justin does have some questionable takes, TK is a legend. According to a motorsport <sighs> article, F1 social media mentions are way down due to the dominance of Red Bull the last two years. I just wanted to say that this is fantastic news and should be celebrated. IndyCar ratings are up year over year, and as you've said, up is up. IndyCar is a much better product, and F1 sucks. Got an F1 <laughs> hater. <laughs> Man, and F1 sucks. I did see that article. It um, was a fascinating... The, the data is fascinating. The data is fascinating. I don't know if it's translated yet to a fall-off in viewers necessarily. I know and, they've been down here or there. I just don't know for the season. I haven't seen an updated number. No. I I think to me, it feels like this Vegas race, if something goes wrong, that'll be it. Like that will be the, the massive drop off after now just explain something wrong. Like something, Uh, there are just some issues with Vegas logistically. Yeah. Uh, I I just think that's the event to me where I feel like F one's popularity will really drop off because of their insistence on running it at 11 PM Eastern. Right. On a well, Saturday night, right? I mean, they want to make sure it's it's hot as hell in Las Vegas. Yeah, I, so I get that. I think it's... And here's the thing is Formula One is used to racing at 2, 3, 5, 7, 8 o'clock in the morning in the United States. So they're looking at it as, what the hell do we care? It, it you're gonna, So you're going to watch it in the middle of the night, just like every other Formula One race around the world. Like, Japan was on at 1 a.m. Yeah. Um, I almost thought of trying to stay at now. Granted, I forgot I was 40 years old and I'm in bed by 10 o'clock. <laughs> I didn't even, but I, I was didn't like, bother. Hey, one o'clock. If I watch a late game, I could just stay up and watch. No, that wasn't going to happen, no. especially when you knew that Max Verstappen was going to roll through the weekend. But, um, I, I don't know if it's necessary, it, necessarily a sign of upcoming collapse in the United States, but it's not a positive sign either. But like like most things, you have the, a huge jump when it's popular, and then it kind of tapers off. I think that's kind of what we're seeing. But um, there's still plenty of people that watch Formula One. Like my son doesn't know a damn thing about what the difference is between Formula One and IndyCar and NASCAR. I still have to explain it to him. But he, by gosh, he wanted a Mercedes shirt for Christmas for Formula One. Wow. Yeah. That's why I got my McLaren shirt because yeah. I bought him a Mercedes yeah. T-shirt. It's the it it's, thing. It's the it thing. Seriously, he'll at, he'll come in, won't watch a, a single lap. Who's who's leading? Lewis Hamilton leading? No. Max Verstappen? <laughs> yes. Okay. And one's his favorite driver is Lewis Hamilton. 
favorite team's Mercedes, has never watched a complete race ever <laughs> in his life. Fascinating. But that's, I, I don't know what it is. I, I wish I could sit him down and ask him, why, why do you, are people talking about it at school? Do you see it a lot online? Like when, cause he's on YouTube all the time. Is it, is it it's prevalent be, there? Like it's gotta be popular there. I mean, it's so popular on social media. Yeah. It's, but he's, you know, he's not on Facebook. He's not on Twitter. He's not on TikTok. He's not on Instagram. I saw a PSA the other day that was featuring like a look like F1, like Red Bull car. And it was like a driver, like texting and then crashing out like on a, a, you know, a GP circuit. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, F1's really made it. If they're doing like texting and don't driving, text and dri- it's like a professional race car driver wouldn't do it. So why yeah, would you so kind of, it, it's like, if they're doing PSAs that are F1 based as opposed to NASCAR based, that says a lot. Yeah. But that, but that like my, my son is a perfect example of not even a casual auto racing fan. Like he doesn't even know what the hell is going on, but he wants a Mercedes. You, you want, you want to be for, part of it for Christmas. He wants a formula one hat. on his list, a formula one hat, which are like what? 75, 80 bucks. Uh, yeah. They're ridiculous. <laughs> now go to fanatics. You can get better stuff. That's where we got, uh, his Mercedes shirt and my McLaren shirt, which is pretty cool. But, um, yeah, he, it's just, I don't know what it is, but he's, he's so, I don't know if it's on YouTube a lot. I, I have no idea, but that's his thing. He will always ask about who won the race, blah, blah, blah. Doesn't know what the hell is going on, but he's not asking about IndyCar. He's not about a NASCAR. It's, it's Formula One. So he can explain it to me. So it goes. Uh, news and notes time. Kyle Kirkwood gets a contract extension with Andretti Global. Of course, the new team uh, believed to add at least two more years to his contract, according to Marshall Prude of Racer.com. So good for him. This makes a lot of sense. If Colton Herta locked up long term, now Kirkwood locked up even longer term. And Erickson obviously on a multi-year deal. I would hope they only run three cars full-time next year. Sounds like that's the direction it that they're leaning seems towards like right the, now. the right move. Let's hope Kyle Kirkwood has a better performance after getting an extension than Colton Herta has. Yes, true. It's a valid point. Uh, HMD Motorsports and Indy Lights. Reese Gold staying with the team for 2024. Meanwhile, the Indy Lights winner from 2023, Christian Rasmussen, along with uh, former Lights champion Oliver Askew, tested at Barber Motorsports Park earlier this week, back on Monday. So we're recording this on Thursday night, September 28th, uh, with Ed Carpenter Racing. So we'll see if either of those two guys get the open seat uh, to pair with Renus VK. Um, speaking of Andretti Global, FIA rejected three applications for F1 teams. Andretti, the sole remaining bidder. So we'll, we'll, And the one, one of them that was denied... Mm-hmm. Revealed that it was Andretti. that Andretti yeah. was the one that was accepted. Yeah, it was a, a New Zealand-based team. Now, don't get crazy because the teams will reject them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, it sounds good, but uh, they're still their path to uh, to get it being the eleventh team is still steep. Meanwhile, Joseph Newgarden, the the clay model of his mug for the Borg Warner Trophy, is done. Really, really cool. To see that, always fascinate. Like, it's an art, and I just I don't understand I, how someone can even do it to begin with. It's it's wild because you're always like, look at like, there's no way they can capture. And oh my gosh, it looks like Joseph Newgarden. Did you notice too, like the 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 faces behind him? Yes, which I found was interesting. I don't know if those were the final 
the final prints or whatever of the final molds of the former drivers, but there was two of Taku up there. There was Rossi. Uh, there was Will Power. It was just kind of interesting looking at the background there. Yeah, it's uh, I I I don't really have words to, I, to describe even, how incredible uh, it is to me that someone can do that. I I draw stick figures. That's yeah. that's basically yeah. what I, I I can't imagine people that have artistic talent at that level. Uh, meanwhile, uh, this bit of news interesting. Uh, Stuart Haas has signed Old Spice and Wonder Bread to be primary sponsors for two of its cars this weekend for NASCAR at Talladega, a real life reenactment of Talladega Nights. Very, very cool. Uh, obviously great for getting attention for the team. I mean, it's pretty cool that they're able to do that. And we get to the final little news story before we get to tweets of the week and our random split or driver of the week. IndyCar tweeted out 1989, 1999, 2000, 2001, 2002, 2004. In honor of Hispanic Heritage Month, take a look back at these six historic IndyCar championship seasons. So in 89, Emerson Fittipaldi. He's from Brazil, not Hispanic. Not Hispanic. 99, Juan Montoya from Colombia, Hispanic, right? Yep. I believe. Yep. Uh, 2000 was Gilles de Ferran. And 2001 was also uh, Gilles de Ferran, Brazilian, not Hispanic. 2002, Cristiano de Mana, Brazilian, not Hispanic. 2004, Tony Canaan, Brazilian, not Hispanic. No. I'm not sure what's more surprising, that they got this, like, so wrong, or that it's still up. Well, okay, so if if you're... Defining Hispanic, it's either Spanish, Spanish people, or Spanish-speaking countries. Yes. I think you can get away with it. But Brazil speaks Portuguese. Yeah. Like so it's, it's not, not Hispanic. It's not close. It's not. It, it's not. Because Portugal was, a colony was was Brazil. Yeah. It, Hispanic um, means Spain or Spanish-speaking countries yes. and people. And Brazil does, people do not speak Spanish. They speak Portuguese. Uh, and the fact that it's still up is, is just pretty silly. It it's shocking. Have like drivers called him out as Tony Kanan and and Elio called I, him out? I or? haven't seen anything like that. I mean, obviously the comments are. <laughs> if you have some time and just want to go in, you can uh, go go all in on, on that thread. Apparently, but I will not do. Oh that. man, tweets of the week time. We got two of them. Connor Daly. We're at that point in the off season where I wore a Ray Hall shirt to the gym, got the sweat on, changed into a Harding shirt, leaving the gym. My closet has an identity crisis. See, now I can appreciate this because when I think of people that like switch teams in pro or you get all this apparel and then you just stop wearing it when you leave that team. But no, I I mean, for some teams, like uh, you have to give it back. Collect it. Yeah. Or whatever. You can't have it, but I'm, I'm just thinking, like it's it's cool that I would still wear that stuff. Whatever clothes are clothes, and especially if I'm getting free clothes, yeah, and they still fit, I'm wearing them. Well, and if you're wearing it to the gym, I mean, that's kind of like the perfect place, yeah, to, right? to do it. Meanwhile, Scott McLaughlin tweeted: "Real POS move to set the alarm in a hotel room alarm clock at 6 a.m. so the next unexpected person gets woken <laughs> up." Yep, that just happened to me. Um, Does that ever happen to I you? Think that's funny. No, but it uh, is something I would do back in the day. Yeah. It's uh, pretty, pretty funny. That's well done. It's brutal. Well played. Random split air driver of the week time. All right. We're going to 1999 and we're going to the IRL 
and we're going with Mike Borkowski. Who? Mike Borkowski, an American race car driver, raced in a variety of cars, best known for his victory over Tommy Kendall in the 1997 Trans Am race at Pikes Peak International Raceway. I think you were there. I was not. No, okay, I thought so. But, I mean, Tommy Kendall was really good in Trans Am. It ended Kendall's historic run of 11 consecutive race wins. Borkowski also went on to win the final race in the 1997, excuse me, Trans Am series at the Reno Grand Prix. But as far as his IRO career, he raced in Indy Lights in 1997, and then 1999 was actually in the series. And you look at, he was with PDM Racing. Portum Mechanics. Yep, Portum Mechanics. And the only race he was in was the Charlotte race that was canceled due to the fatalities and then did not qualify for the Indianapolis 500. So technically, he never started an IndyCar race or an IRL race because that Charlotte race has been stricken from the record. So he actually raced 90, 79 laps in that race, qualified 24th for the Visionaire 500K at Charlotte that was then canceled and stricken from the record. So technically, he never raced in a race in the IRL. He also has a DNQ at Sonoma in in Cup. He did a couple of, uh, at the time, Bush Series races uh, in 99 and 2000 with Bill Davis racing ah. best finish a 10th at talladega in 2000 races coming up this Did weekend a, a truck race in 99 he's a busy his, guy his own team that was at heartland topeka heartland park topeka road course in topeka kansas i've, I've never heard of that one either uh also did an arca race at atlanta in 99 now some uh context in 1999 with his dnq where pdm racing it says on Bubble Day, Borkowski was in line to qualify Tony Stewart's backup car. Never got the chance due to rain washing out the final minutes of qualifying. That's, man, that's brutal. Like, you're so close and don't get the opportunity to even make an attempt. He actually raced for Team Ray Hall Letterman in partnership with Tom Gloy Racing in 1997 in the Trans Am Series. So he really dominated. Returned to Indy Lights in 1998 with Team Ray Hall Letterman. Only had limited success. Only one top five finish. That was at Vancouver in 14 starts. He was active in 1999, as we said. He raced in the 12 hours of Sebring in 2004. He did a lot of Rolex sports car series, Daytona prototypes. Actually raced for Michael Shank Racing in the Rolex uh, series with the Daytona prototypes and the GT series. Also Playboy Racing. I'm sure that was entertaining. (laughs) And... uh, Drove Daytona prototypes with Paul Tracy as well. Uh, so got around for sure. But as for his IRL career, officially never appeared in a race despite starting that Charlotte race in 1999. Did not qualify for Indy. And that was it. That was all the uh, races he attempted to appear in in the Indy Racing League. So it was one season and done for Mr. Mike Borkowski, this week's Random Split Era Driver of the Week. Next week, we're set to talk with our winner of the Friends hey. of New Track Record podcast, IndyCar Fantasy Racing League in the season. So we'll welcome him on the show. And of course, the latest and greatest in IndyCar offseason news. For Justin Kinney, I am Caleb Hatch. This has been New Track Record Podcast. 
podcast by Federated Media.